Welcome to the Fellowship Regional Church Podcast. As I thought about how to finish out the Song of Solomon series, I had several different ideas. I thought of trying to teach specific biblical principles from the eighth chapter of Solomon's poem. I also thought I might tell a story of Solomon and his beloved bride, the Shulamite. But neither of these options really appealed to me. Then finally something struck me. But first, let me tell you a story. My grandmother is a collector of stuff. Random items from a past time. Aged trinkets and dusty antiques. For as long as I can remember, her house, her antique stores, her yard, her barn were full of unique, eclectic, strange, and amazing things. Thus, my childhood felt like I was always living in the world's greatest garage sale. There are several words that describe the act of going through these treasures piece by piece. Rummaging, sifting, perusing, combing, scouring, exploring, scrounging. But my favorite word for describing this act of slowly and meticulously raking through and examining every cardboard box and milk crate you could is the word pilfering. Now, I know the word means to steal because that's precisely what I did. I knew that she would give me nearly anything that I wanted because she knew I was just like her, an accumulator of oddities. I would ask if I could have this or that, and the answer was always yes. But of all the miscellaneous collectibles that I acquired from her, only one of them has traveled with me for the last 25 plus years. A thick maroon colored book called Collected Verse of Edgar A. Guest. I remember vividly opening that book the first time and finding that Mr. Guest had the unique ability to rhyme nearly any word in the world. And as a child, that amazed me. My favorite Edgar Guest poem is called Loser and Victor. Let me read it to you. He was beaten from the start, beaten by his doubting heart. And he had a, and he had a ready ear for the busy tongue of fear. And he had a timid mind unto fretfulness inclined. Filled with many reasons why it was vain for him to try. Given a task, he'd shake his head. Can't do that, he often said. Times are hard and none will stay. Listen to the words I say. It is futile now to try. People simply will not buy. Thus he walked the streets of trade, both discouraged and afraid. But another kind of man thought this way, perhaps I can. If I will supply the pluck, fortune may provide the luck. If I have the grit to try, there are people who may buy. Anyhow, I'll not submit to defeat before I'm hit. One was beaten from the start, beaten by his doubting heart, beaten when he gave his ear to the busy tongue of fear, but another with his chance seized the moment to advance and came happy home at night just because he dared to fight. So, when it came to completing the sermon series on Solomon's Song of Songs, nothing seems more fitting than to weave the art, the spirit, its intention, and the perfect words into a poem. I rarely call myself a poet, but today, I guess I am. My purpose here is not to rewrite the scriptures. They are perfect as they are. This is simply the Song of Solomon, chapter 8, as if written by Edgar A. Guest, 
To best hear this poem, you may benefit from reading Song of Solomon chapter 8 before listening to this. If you don't want to, don't. If only you were to me like a brother, I would kiss you and not be despised. I would lead you to the house of my mother, to the one who stood by my side. I would get you drunk on my love, inebriated by my kisses. I would deliver to you like cargo ships every one of your wishes. Let his left arm be under my head, and his right arm embrace me, husband of mine. For I am lovesick on your glances, overwhelmed by you like strong wine. But daughters of Jerusalem, I warn you, let go not your love too fast. Passions that burn unattended lose the blessings unsurpassed. Temper yourself, run, leave your coat, never look back. For there is a timing for such things, and timing is the knack. But daughters of Jerusalem, when the banquet is over and the guests are gone too soon, when no cake is left and the wine is gone and you retreat for the honeymoon, in that private hour, when it's just you and him, his jacket and tie thrown over a chair, when you finally breathed and taken it all in and shook all the rice from your hair, then waiting is done waiting. So let passion run its course. Let love and words and touch and feelings go wild as the unbridled horse. For that man and this moment and your body you've so faithfully tended is now free for the given with full approval from heaven never rescinded. Where two become one, a purity emerges, like that of the heavenly dove. For this is the grand miracle of marriage, divinely inspired love. Like a fire surrounded by stones, if kept contained with imagination and tender words, will produce a hearth that warms your bones and shakes the very earth. But that same blaze upon open plains will burn white hot with nothing to be saved, for it's as jealous as Jehovah and as unyielding as the grave. All the wealth of this world cannot purchase such a wonderful prize, but all can be lost quickly if one can't guard their eyes. I remember being a child. My brothers caused me such scorn. They would work me in the fields like it was the purpose that I was born. I was like a tiny stone that was always under their feet. Busy, they kept me from sunrise to sunset until I was too tired to eat. But now that I am older, I understand their reason. They were preparing me for you, O Solomon, and for this specific season. All the times they locked me in, never letting me run when my friends would call. Thank you, my brothers. Thank you. You turned this stone into a wall. Pebble by pebble, discipline upon discipline, though your yoke was a heavy load. For upon me you lavished towers of silver and built an internal beauty, precious and bold. You fashioned a wife from a sister and taught me how to love a man. In that dusty soil, in that vineyard you rented from that king named Solomon. Only God would dare write a tale of lowly peasants and wealthy kings who gave my poor family the kingdom, not knowing we came from nothing. But now, Solomon, the roles have reversed. It is now I with a vineyard to give, and all of its harvest and all of its wine is for you so long as we both may live. <laughs>